Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. It is Tuesday, August 25th, and we are still here every single day holding your hands, reading your emails, and responding to your questions. We started doing this a while back on March 14th, to be precise. And I don't know if we've had a day where the emails started to diminish. Have we, Mark? Has there been any drop-off from this deluge that have come pouring in since the beginning of the pandemic? Zero drop-off, he says. So for the time being, we're going to keep doing this. Mark may at some point, if he ever actually cares about me, will read the questions and help me answer them as well. But you know, I think that he kind of loves this idea of being the mysterious man. He's been on microphone twice, Mark. Oh, yeah. I think you were on the radio show. That's right. Maybe we're going to have to do something to change that. Maybe post-Labor Day, he says. All right. We'll let you know. At least once. Maybe. If you have a financial question, send us an email. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. Oh, I love this email already from Ben because there's a little like mini spreadsheet embedded in this. I love this. Okay. Ben writes, I'm a newer listener. I first discovered you from NPR's Life Kit podcast and then read, okay, listen to your book. Now I'm a regular listener to the podcast when taking our dog Dozer for a walk. Photo below. Oh man, Dozer's got some great ears. First question. We've been listening to the podcast. We've been thinking about refinancing our mortgage. And then today, our original lender, Wells Fargo, bought our mortgage after we closed, reached out about refinancing. If I'm understanding the concept and doing the math right, as long as we stay in the house for two and a half years, we'll save money. Should we refinance our current mortgage? Four and a quarter percent. We were quoted 3.125%. We both have credit scores in the 800s. It's higher than when we originally bought the home. A little bit more. I'm 37. My wife is 34. We live in Washington, D.C. We have our fur child and no actual kids. I work with retirees. My wife is an attorney. We're lucky to have our health still be fully employed and working from home. Our combined household income is now $374,000 before taxes. We currently have $60,000 in emergency savings, which is roughly six months of expenses. We also have 170000 in retirement savings, plus I have vested in my pension at work. Admission. Okay, we did a dumb thing. When we bought our house three years ago, we took out a home equity line of credit. In our defense, we hadn't listened to your book yet because we didn't have enough in savings for the down payment. We've been aggressively paying it off this year, $27,000 in this year alone. Okay, so here we have the debt table. Mortgage is 600 grand at four and a quarter. Home equity loan is about 55,000. Then there's a law school loan, 185 grand, a car loan, 2.9. Total debt, 
855,000. When you put it at like that, it makes me kind of nauseous. We're planning on staying in our house for the next four and a half years, if not longer. We're not planning on having kids. I max out my 401k. My wife is currently contributing 15,000, but this will increase when we pay off the home equity line of credit. Should we focus on paying off the home equity line of credit or increase our emergency savings? Right now we're paying more on it, but part of me wants to get to nine months emergency savings sooner rather than later. Since if something were to happen, we could reduce our HELOC payments to the minimum, whereas my wife feels we'd be paying interest to save money and we wouldn't be paying down the HELOC. Thanks in advance. Okay. One thing I don't think you told me is how much the house is worth. So here's my question to you. Has the house gone up in value? Because if that is the case, what I would encourage you to do would be to take the mortgage and the home equity line of credit and wrap it into one loan. In other words, you would have about a $650,000 mortgage. And I think because you're in DC, that would not even put you in a jumbo mortgage because the jumbo limit is usually higher in higher cost areas. So I would wrap those two together and refi and stretch it out make it a 30-year loan, okay? Even if you say that you're going to stay for the next four and a half years, I'm guessing, you know, if you could stay longer, that would be better. Then you would have one note at a lower interest rate. Hopefully, you would actually have a little bit lower monthly payment. Your wife could keep paying the refinance student loans, 3600 bucks a month they're paying that off in over 4 years which is great and when you know over the next 4 or 5 years you'll have the mortgage which is now wrapped up in the home equity you'll have the law school debt paid down and then you can kind of ramp up all of your other savings as far as putting a little bit more towards your emergency reserve i guess you could i'm not wildly concerned about that let's see how much you would save by wrapping the mortgage and the home equity line of credit into one note. Now, if you can't do that, follow up with me and let me know. Good luck, Ben. Thanks so much. Okay. This is from Ron. Ron's subject is financing a home purchase. Hi, Jill. Your show and resources are so helpful. Thank you. Uh, Okay. I respect your knowledge and experience and would appreciate your opinion on a house purchase. I'm 64, single, and retired. I'm thinking of buying a brand new townhouse with cash for $304,000, but doing so would leave me very little available cash in my portfolio. My current financial situation is as follows. About $813,000 in a rollover IRA, which I do not plan on touching until I am required to take distributions in the year 2027. Next. I have 662,000 in taxable no load mutual funds and another 200,000 in Roth IRAs. I have 44,000 in double E bonds, amazing, they're earning 4%, and 22,000 in I bonds. I'm eligible for social security though I was planning on taking it at age 70. I'm in good health, I've got good genes, I don't smoke. If taken now it would be 1875 a month full retirement age, 2070, and then at 70, 2700. Lastly, 
there's 270,000 in a money market account, which I would use for the home purchase. Obviously, I need another 34,000. I was thinking of redeeming I bonds and taking 12 grand out of the Roth IRA. This method would leave me no cash cushion, which I normally like having. Uh, okay, I want to keep my taxable income under 40 grand this year to take advantage of the 0% rate on long-term capital gains when withdrawing money from the taxable accounts. In addition, I'm going to convert five grand from the IRA to Roth IRA later this year. Another approach would be to withdraw 100,000 out of the Roth, use 200 from the money market account, which would leave 70 in cash. I'm impressed how you analyze financial situations and offer wise strategies. Well, let's see how wise I can be right now. If you're trying to keep your income down, I'm not sure that redeeming your bonds is going to make sense because remember, all of that accrued interest is going to be taxable to you. So that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Why don't you do this? If you're, instead of like freaking out, why don't you just sell some of the assets in the taxable no-load mutual funds, maybe take some money off the table. I'm sure that you've paid, you know, a a good, you, you've seen a nice ride here. And then you could reduce that allocation to more like 60, 40, especially as you get a little bit older. Um, so I think what I would do is I would take the money that I needed to buy the townhouse, mostly from the no load mutual funds and then some cash and make sure you leave yourself enough cash. Don't touch the Roth. I don't think you should actually redeem the I bonds or take money out of the Roth. You know, I think that if you take some, if you took, say, uh, out of the cash account, if you took some of the money from the cash, some of the money from the portfolio, you know, that would be fine. So even if you said a year's worth of expenses, he says, is $32,000. He hasn't spent any money hardly at all. So here's what I will do. I think you take, why don't you take 150 or 200 grand out of the money market, take the rest out of the portfolio and call it a day. Okay. And that should be fine. I think that that's a, a pretty good game plan. You know, I don't, I don't love the idea of like burning off your cash, but on the other hand, you actually have a ton of money relative to your expense level. So I think that you're, you'd be in just, just fine shape, really. So thank you for writing, and I hope that that's wise enough advice for you. Okay, Jesse says, I love the show. I appreciate your advice. I have a question regarding universal life insurance policy. My husband is a self-employed general contractor. His disability insurance premiums are very high, and the benefit is low because of his profession. Our insurance broker suggested using a universal life policy with an extended care rider that would pay out if he were to become disabled. We typically have avoided universal life policies because we don't think they're good investments. But in this situation, the premium is much lower, 33% lower, and the monthly benefit is much higher. Have you heard of this strategy? Is it a good move? Are there any caveats or gotchas we need to consider? Thank you. Well, Jesse, I have heard about these and it can be a good way to, you know, what the one time I actually think permanent life insurance can be helpful is a way to create sort of a hybrid product with either disability insurance or long-term care insurance. Here's the gotcha that we need to find out. Number one, how much does it cost? What is the fee to own this policy. Number two, what do you do with your existing disability? Should you keep it? Should you have a, you know, because it's really hard to qualify for new disability insurance. Um, and number three, I would really want to know what is the rest of your asset 
base look like? Because is there some way that you can self-insure? Those are sort of the big picture ideas that I would want to think about before jumping into a, what is usually an expensive product, Universal Life. Okay. Judy writes, love your daily podcast, read your newsletter faithfully. I haven't heard you address this aspect of doing Roth conversions when retired. My spouse and I, both 67, were late to retirement planning, though not to retirement saving. We have 90% of our money in tax-deferred accounts, totaling $2.5 million. Hmm. Just 40% of that in anything risky. Here's the question. This year, we would like to start Roth conversions. Isn't there an effective ceiling on Roth conversions? If your modified adjusted gross income is over $174,000, there's about a $1,000 penalty in yearly premiums per couple when it comes to Medicare Part B. And if your AGI is over $150,000, won't you have to give back the $2,400 stimulus check or portion thereof for a couple. Thanks. Absolutely true. Um, it's not that there's an effective ceiling necessarily, but um, obviously the cost of Medicare Part B can be up to 400 bucks more a month if you make too much money. So that is why when we had Ed Slot on, he's very clear about you know advising people. One of the big reasons he likes to advise people to use the Roth is to avoid that. But you're right, in conversion, once you're already receiving Medicare, yep, you really want to watch it. You have to do it slowly but surely. You know, and and yes, if you make too much money, you'll have to give back your stimulus check. Although, isn't it sort of weird, Mark, that they got stimulus checks with two and a half million bucks? There's a flaw in the system, I guess, right there. Okay. That's it. That's it for today's show. And we, as always, so delighted that you have uh, tuned in and spent some time with us. If you've got a financial question, don't forget, you just have to send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain that physical distancing, and lift somebody up today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.